This is Pastor Oetla Simangani thanking you for joining us in this journey through the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 49. The scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our Lord shall stand forever. Close your eyes with me as we pray. Father in heaven, we are grateful today for your word, and we ask that our destinies may be set according to your will, and that we too may receive the blessings of Judah and Joseph. For this we ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. This chapter, my brother and my sister, sons and daughters of the living God, this chapter bridges the gap between the 12 sons and the 12 tribes. It answers the question, how did the 12 tribes come from the sons? It really points to the history of the nation of Israel in years to come. The major focus in this chapter is on Judah and on Joseph, for good reason that we shall see. The blessing depicts Judah as a lion, Issachar as a donkey, Dan as a snake, Naphtali as a deer, and Benjamin as a wolf. In our tribes, in most of Africa, we have totems and animals that sometimes are used to depict an entire tribe. Characteristics of that animal, uh, whether it is an elephant, whether it is a lion, whether it is a crocodile, often depict something about the character of the tribe. And Jacob does something similar here with each of his sons, something that helps to identify the tribes of Israel in the future. Judah is depicted here as a lion. Our focus here today is going to be on Judah and on Joseph. Let's begin with Judah. He is depicted as a lion, Balaam's description of Israel in his blessing. The sleeping lion in Judah's blessing conveys his latent power, just like Balaam's description. It is a latent power which dare not be aroused. When the lion is sleeping, don't disturb it. The image of the lion was a formidable power symbol in the ancient Near East. Even today, globally, the lion is known as the king of the jungle. And Judah is king, and indeed from him comes the kingship and the ultimate king of glory. Judah, Jacob says, your brothers shall praise you. Your hand shall be on the neck of your enemies. Your father's sons shall bow down before you. Judah is a lion's cub. From the prey, my son, you have gone up. He stooped down, he crouched as a lion and as a lioness. Who dares rouse him is the question Jacob asks. A rhetorical question to which the answer is definitely no one should dare arouse the lion, the sleeping lion, the lion at repose. With this lion metaphor, Jacob continues to point to the most significant portion of this entire chapter. 
the scepter will not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, until he to whom it belongs shall come, and the obedience of the nations shall be his. Beloved, right here, tucked into the blessings to the children of Israel is a prophecy, a messianic prophecy. Right here in these verses you have just heard is the most seismic, life-changing prophecy. It is the prophecy of the one that shall come, and the Bible says, to whom the nations shall be obedient. To this man that shall come. He, Judah, in other words, shall have the ruler staff until the one to whom it belongs shall come. It shall be transferred, in other words, to, to him. And to this one, the obedience of the nations shall be given. In other words, he shall be king of kings and lord of lords, ruling over the entire world. That is the vision, beloved. We have right here a prophecy that takes us right through all of human history until the book of Revelation where Jesus comes and reigns supreme over the entire world. To whom was this prophecy referring? I've already answered the question. The ultimate lion of the tribe of Judah. What about the ruler staff? The ruler staff is symbolic of kingship that will remain with Judah until the Messiah comes. And to him shall be the obedience of the nations, the nations of the world. Yes, indeed. Right here, beloved, is the promise that God has given. The kingship will stay with Judah until the king of kings comes, until the lion of the tribe of Judah comes. It shall be handed over to him. And so generation after generation, it is passed on in the tribe of Judah. You see the king David coming. You see the other kings coming. You see the kings in the southern kingdom of Judah coming until it is passed on to Jesus, king of kings and lord of lords. When it is written, king of the Jews, the prophecy is finally fulfilled. Field and yes, he shall come again, not as a baby, but as a king. The kingdom of Israel. See, when you understand this, you begin to understand the rest of the Old Testament. When the nation was divided in two, the kingdom of Judah was in the south. The kingdom of Judah, Judah coming from this man. Kingdom of Israel was defeated in the north, and it was dispersed assimilated into other nations. And there were ten tribes there. They were eliminated. But God preserved the kingdom of Judah with the tribes of Judah and the tribe of Benjamin. When Babylon came along and defeated the southern kingdom of Judah, a remnant was kept. When Haman wanted to destroy the Jews, God preserved these children of Judah through Queen Esther, because the promise and the prophecy was that the lion of the tribe of Judah is coming, and this nation must be preserved, this tribe must be preserved until the lion of the tribe of Judah comes. But thou, O Bethlehem Ephrata, though thou be little among the thousands of Judah, out of thee shall he come forth who shall be ruler in Israel, whose going forth is from everlasting to everlasting. Jesus is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so we transcede from Judah to Joseph. Listen to these words to Joseph. Joseph is a fruitful vine, 
a fruitful vine near a spring. I love this description. May you be a fruitful vine. A fruitful vine near a spring. Close to your nourishment. Close to your source. And to the resource. <laughs> May you be a fruitful vine. Stay close to the source of all resources. This, beloved, was Joseph's secret. And indeed, this was the story of Ephraim. Jeremiah 31 verse 9 says, I will make them walk by the brooks of water in a straight path in which they shall not stumble. For I am a father to Israel, and Ephraim is my firstborn. Ah, oh, beloved, I will make them walk by brooks of water. Indeed, of Joseph, it was always said God was with him, close to him. His source was always close. And I want to pray that to you as well, this blessing may it apply. May God always be near you. May he always bless you. May he always prosper you. And listen to this, verse 23. Even if God's blessings come, it is written, with bitterness, archers attacked him. And so, though Joseph is prospered, though he is close to the source, attacks always come. You saw that with his brothers. They shot at him with hostility. They may attack you with their bitterness. They may attack you like they did Joseph. But God, but God, but God is your defense and no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Listen to verse 24. Joseph's bow remained steady even with all those attacks. He strong arms stayed limber because the hand of the Lord, the mighty one of Jacob, because of the shepherd, the rock of Israel, because of your father's God who helps you, because of the almighty who blesses you with the blessings of the skies above, the blessings of the deep springs below, blessings of the breast and womb, the God who blesses you. Oh yes, he also protects you. It is true. Yes, it is. Psalms 91, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. So in his presence, we do not only get blessings. We are not only close to the source of blessings, but we also have protection. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him I will trust. Surely, he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers and under his wings shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor for the arrow that flieth by day, nor for the pestilence that walketh in the darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy side and ten thousand at thy right hand, but it shall not come nigh thee. Oh, beloved, what a blessing. I wish Joseph's blessing on you. May you be fruitful. May God make you fruitful, productive. May God multiply your resources. May he multiply your joy. May he multiply your rewards. May he multiply your peace. May he multiply. May he make you fruitful in the land of your affliction and may he protect you from the wiles of the evil one. Here is a final note on Judah and Joseph. So we have seen the blessings to Judah and also the blessings to Joseph. The emphasis is on these two. Joseph's work, you see, in this entire book was to preserve Judah through whom the king of kings would come. 
as we see God elevating Joseph, as we see him uh, going into a strange land, not understanding what is going on in his life through the chaos and the pain, the tears and the isolation, the loneliness, depression, and all of the struggles that he goes through, the desertion as the master uh, forgets about him as... The master's wife lies about him as his co-prisoners listen to him and are given the answer to their dreams. And as they forget him, we are wondering, what is going on? What's going on? And yet, beloved, in the end, we understand what's going on. Joseph's work was to prepave the way, to provide refuge to Israel and ultimately to save Judah through whom the Savior of all mankind would come. And beloved, when the Savior comes, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, may you be ushered into his kingdom. And so there is, as it were, a work between Judah and Joseph. Joseph preserves Judah, but Judah is there to bring the one that would save Joseph. And I pray today that the Savior of all mankind, who has come in the person of Jesus, may he be your king. May you say of him, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Our Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for the wisdom that we see in these chapters. We thank you, dear Father, for the omniscient mind that operates in human lives. We can see how you orchestrated things so that the plan of redemption may be fulfilled, so that Jesus may come, and so that the world might be saved, so that the promise you gave to Adam and Eve in the garden might come to full fruition. Dear Father, we know that this same wisdom is at work today in our lives. Help us to trust you. Help us to trust you implicitly. Help us, dear Father, to give our lives to you and to know, just like Paul says, that all things work together for good for those that love God and are called according to his purpose. Today we look to you, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Today we look to you, King of kings and Lord of lords. We can't wait for the day when the eastern skies shall break and when you shall come to save this world. For this we ask and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.